Hello. Hi, John. Hi, Merlin. How's it going? Ah, oh, so early. Yep. <sighs> I never know. I, I, I um, wait until I see you somewhere online. Mm. In the morning before contacting you. Oh, you're one of the only people left who is actually watching what other people are doing online. Hmm. So when I notice you online, I, <laughs> that's when I'll uh, send you a little bloop. Do you have a Google alert set up for when I tweet in the morning? I do. Here on my yeah. Android phone. Todd Rodmick <laughs> is now available for things. Hello. <laughs> the great thing about our podcast is it's a professional it's a professional sounding podcast. It's a professionally organized podcast in every sense, except the the money part, right? But, but and in very, the, or, uh, we, the organized part, we put yes, that's true. Uh, <laughs> with those two notable exceptions, this is a very professional thing we have going here. Yeah, it is. It's nice. We've got a website. Remember when having a website meant you were like officially uh, you'd really arrived? Do I ever? I remember when having. I remember when getting a website was a. $40,000 proposition mm. and you'd have like a flash animated bear holding a, holding a bunch of balloons. <laughs> Skip intro. <laughs> the, the long winters. You should do that. Website. That would be sweet. Like it would the bear look like you a little bear with the balloons kind of going up and down animated <laughs> little eye eyelashes. Mm-hmm. I love you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the internet. <laughs> I can't believe it's still around. You know, it barely is. But <laughs> oh, I don't want to God. Get to that. All right. John, why is the internet barely around? What's going on? <laughs> I don't even care. I don't even care to talk about the internet. Uh, I, I feel like uh, I feel like there are bigger fish to fry. That a boy. In the world. There are bigger fish to fry. Bears love fish. I was thinking the other day. I was thinking the other day. I am got you know what? I'm gonna I'm I'm changing I'm changing my tune. Hmm. I'm changing course. I, re- I realized that I, I now I'm going to work the rest of my life that uh, in order to pursue the, the end goal of having the U.S. Congress be composed entirely of women. Huh. I think if we had, if we had an all female, because there have been, there were many, many, many decades where it was all men. Mm-hmm. Right? And you got Patty Murray. Patty Murray, an amazing senator. She's the, one in, she the one in tennis shoes. Is that her? She's the mom in tennis shoes. That's right. Maria Cantwell, the other Washington State, the junior Washington State senator, also a great a great lady. I feel like if the Congress, if the House and Senate were all women, the country would be run better, and there would be it would just in in general. I mean, picture it for a second. In general, the quality of life in America would would skyrocket. I don't think there's I don't think there's any you can't make a case against an all female Congress. Hmm. And um, I mean, you know, half of them will be Republicans. Let's just say that right off the right off the top. Half mm-hmm. of them are going to be, you know, are going to be Phyllis Shafley style. Um, you women, know, women. Uh, I think it's women, the word you're looking nut, for. Nutcases. <laughs> Right, but uh, but I think in general, all uh, uh, the whole Congress, all women, maybe maybe like a couple of token guys, and uh, I think the I think I think the United States will only benefit. So that's my new project. 
<sighs> would you do this um, via democratic means, or would there be a coup d'état? No, I think it has to be. It has to be democratic in order to keep the flavor of America it has and, to, has and to also, look democratic for sure. Yeah, and the, and the honest, honest to God fact is that I cannot, like, in order to achieve this goal, I actually have to, like, I. It, it's not going to work if if there's some guy behind it. Yeah, strings. That's thorny. So, so what I, what I have to do, what it is basically, is I have to voluntarily step aside and not run for Congress, not run for the Senate, in order to make space for a more qualified woman. Ladies first. That's right. You truly right. are a gentleman. So I'm, I'm, I'm making this sacrifice kind of in some ways what would be the ultimate sacrifice. Hmm. In order, to, well, <laughs> not, for America, not, not running for Congress would be right. the ultimate sacrifice. Not running for Congress for, it, for me would be the ultimate sacrifice. All but gave I'm, I'm some, to... but some gave all. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I've decided I, to not do something. <laughs> I'd laugh. I'd laugh, but I have a mouthful of peanut butter. Um, I, uh, I ate a cookie this morning. Hmm. It's wow! The first, first cookie I've eaten in a long time, and it's a cookie that I found. In, when I was cleaning out the van <laughs> and uh, I was like, I don't want to throw this away. I don't know how old it is, but I don't want to throw it away. It seems like a waste of a good cookie. So I kept it around for a couple of weeks in a jar. And then I was like this morning, I don't know. I was feeling vulnerable. Hmm. I ate the cookie and I don't know what happens when a cookie is like six months old, whether the salt in it kind of condenses. I think it can, it can sit up on its own. Maybe it drew, um, maybe it drew salt from the air. Hmm. It was a very salty cookie. Was it out in the open, John? Was it just a van cookie, uh, just kind of out, out? No, it's, it wasn't like it's not. It's not like it fell between the seat cushions. No, it was. I mean, it was in a cookie bag. Mm-hmm. But it was the. It was a solitary cookie in a cookie bag. Hmm. Uh, Maybe and, it's just the Christmas talking, but that seems very sad. I'm glad you <laughs> ate it. Yeah, I ate it, and, I, and it was good. But boy, salty, and I have to watch my salt intake now. <laughs> Uh, Why is that? Well, you know, uh, uh, I, I'm I am aging so fast. All right. I went to the doctor the other day, first time in a long time, uh. and the 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 the, uh, the nurse weighs and measures me, and I swear to you, I have no idea if this is even possible, but I have lost an inch in height. <laughs> No, I, Ver- vertically. Yeah, I hmm. don't have osteoporosis. Hmm. I, I, my spine is not collapsing. You're like I don't an old see house. You're an old house, John. You're just settling in. It's it, it was extremely unsettling. I was there. I was there to see the doctor about a, a a thing that was bedeviling me. But as soon as this nurse gives me this uh, this diagnosis of being one inch shorter than I ever was. <laughs> I now I didn't care about whatever the problem was that got me to the doctor, and all I wanted to talk about was how it's possible. The doctor, I was sitting in the waiting or sitting in the examination room, and the doctor comes in and said, "So, tell me about what's what brought you in here today." And I said, "I don't want to talk about that anymore. I want to talk about your uh, your height, uh, your height scale, and how it is broken." And so she measured me again. Actually, it was a nurse practitioner. Oh, they pulled in the big guns. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She measured me again, and she was like, "Sorry, I don't know what to tell you." Oh my God, John, that must be really uh, disquieting. I, I, I don't. I there. I have no context for it. 
Well, because, like, for example, I, I, there are people in my family that I, I guess I don't know if it's osteoporosis, but you know, when you get old, you, you get smaller. Yes, I don't claim to understand it. It happened to my dad. Hmm. He was not the he was not the tower towering man he was in his in his later years. He he lost an inch or two, but I am not I am not an old man who is shrinking in his shoes. I don't know. You might want to get a second opinion. I mean, it well, sounds like the numbers. Sec- I got a second opinion from the nurse practitioner. I'm very disquieted. That's very disquieting, John. That, that's, that, that, you're right. That should be something where, you know, let's kick this other thing down the lane a little bit and talk about my height. Yeah, ex- yeah right. High blood pressure can wait. Yeah, for, 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 for a time. Yeah. Although it cannot. See, all these things. It's, well, you what know, could I, be worse for your blood pressure than knowing you're getting short? Thank you. Jeez. I was washing my hands at the sink the other day and my back went out. <laughs> <laughs> I just need to lay on the floor. I'll be fine. <laughs> no, no, you go ahead. I'll catch up. <sighs> it's the worst. I need to I use know. the toilet anyway. <laughs> you know, it's not. I don't. I, 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 I. It's not that I need to start working out in order to get lean so that I can look good at the beach or whatever. I, now I have to start working out just to survive. <laughs> to not become elfin. <laughs> I have to start working out just so that I can wash my hands at the sink and not collapse into a pile of nerve endings. You just need compensatory hand-washing muscles. The thing is, maybe maybe you, you could get a standing desk. You could. Uh, <laughs> I could get one of those those backless chairs where you're kind of kneeling all day. Oh, like a yoga ball. That'd be that'd be oh, sweet. Yeah, sit on a yoga ball. Yeah, yeah. I think you should get a lectern or a pulpit. Wouldn't it be good if you did whatever your work is? If you did that from a standing position, but instead of one of those hipster standing desks or a treadmill desk, you could do it from an actual pulpit. Sure, a genuine pulpit, and maybe then get a really giant yoga ball, like <laughs> five foot tall yoga ball. <laughs> That seems like it'd be very hard to balance on with your condition. <laughs> well, I wouldn't actually sit on top of it. I would just kind of lean back on it. Do you, okay, so the thing is, is it really was it really like a full inch that you it's lost? A, yeah, it's an inch in height. I was always six foot three and a and a smidge six six foot three and an eighth or something. And uh, I'm I'm sitting at the I'm sitting here, and the guy says, "How tall are you?" And I go six foot three. And he says, you know, get up against the wall. And he measures me, and I'm six foot two and an eighth. Hmm. Well, six foot two is the height of a normal guy. That's a normal guy's height. No, you're you're officially not special anymore. Six foot three. Six foot is two the, is someone who's tall. Six foot three is extraordinary. Six foot three is it That's puts special. me into this special category of people that legitimately can walk around like. Like normal rules don't apply. Mm-hmm. They can sort of just just lumber into a room and expect that special <laughs> compensation will be made. Six a foot six, two is like having twenty two thousand frequent flyer miles. Yeah, a six it's foot like, two eh, guy. Whatever. It's like, hey, welcome. Take a seat. Take it. <laughs> take a seat anywhere over there. It's like, what? Do, take a seat. What are you talking about? I'm six foot three. No, I'm sorry, sir. You're six foot two. Take a seat anywhere. And that's the way they'll start talking to you. And the thing I feel is, like it's your... already happening, and I just oh, didn't realize John. I had lost this inch. Oh, are you having a Shyamalan moment? It's all flashing back by, and you're realizing yeah, everything like, makes well, sense. Why the hell? Why? Why did I end up riding the bus the other day? Oh, it's because I'm a normal height person, <laughs> and now. I have no dignity. <laughs> I'm just. I was standing around. I was like, oh, it's really long way up the hill. Maybe I should take the bus. Maybe oh, I should pay a dollar and a quarter. 
Boy, this is really, this is very upsetting, especially around the holidays to learn something like that. Did your clothes fit different? I mean, because the thing is you've been losing weight, so you might not have noticed an inch of loss. Well, and so that's what I'm wondering. I'm, uh, I'm kind of wondering, did I, in losing all this weight, did I lose some fat in my spine? You probably had a fat, you had an obese spine. I had like fat in my knees and my joints and it was making me an inch taller, but that doesn't explain what I was. I mean, I reached the, I reached my, my normal height, my actual height of six foot three and a smidge in the eighties. And I had no, there were no, there was no fat in between my joints then. No, it was all snack wells and carbohydrates back then. I have to yeah. ask, the second, when they remeasured, I'm curious, though, because I know if it were me, I would be doing stuff to try and be taller. No, no, I didn't, uh, you know, I didn't want to, I didn't want to game the system. I wanted to be, I wanted a, to be an actual measurement of my height. But now I'm wondering whether I shouldn't have stood up a little taller. You never did that before. Never had to. No, that's the thing. You just you stand up there and you you slouch a little bit just to Ugh. like, "Heh, I don't give a fuck. I can even slouch a little bit and I'm still over 63." But not now. Now I, now I'm going to be one of these guys that's straining. You can see his neck muscles straining when he's getting measured at the doctor. <laughs> that that's guy. Not, that's not what I want. Yeah, because it's like it's the difference between like, "Hey, take a seat." And you better oh, be oh. careful you might throw out your back. <laughs> you don't want to stretch too much. Now, was this concerning? To the medical staff at this facility? No, they were laughing. They're just they were oh, mocking me because they're they're all they're all normal. They're all really normal people. They're all in their five. It's a, it's a form of medical Schadenfreude. They're glad to see you down come down an, an inch. Yeah, that's right. Any, though, this is the thing. I don't think there's anybody who doesn't want to see a six foot three guy get, to, to get told he's six two. Harrison Bergeron. It's all all over again. This is sickening. A six foot six guy is going to be happy to see me cut down an inch. Because, ha, mm-hmm. huh, fuck me, right? I mean, like, I was, you know, Sean Nelson was never impressed by my six foot three ness, being six foot five, and that's not counting the hair. He's fine to see me get knocked down an inch. Every guy that's five foot eleven can't wait to see an inch lopped off of me. There is no, no one has any sympathy. I, I, I could think of two people that I saw you playing a band with in the last few weeks that I bet are really happy that you're an inch shorter. And I bet Sean's one of them. <laughs> I'm so I'm I am really I'm I'm really like I'm an, I'm I'm annoyed because I feel like I feel like uh it's probably a calibration problem mm-hmm. that that what happened was the the floor of the hospital rose up an inch relative to the walls and uh nobody was nobody has checked it no, you should you should definitely go someplace else. I mean, testing twice in that same. What if that's a tainted facility? Like you say, maybe they've got, maybe they got some structural issues. Um, you know, maybe it's some kind of a metric thing. You this should definitely get retested somewhere. I else. don't. I don't want to go get tested at a, like a drugstore or something like that because then it's then every everybody that's standing around, just people walking around buying pre- peanut brittle. Yeah, but they're always me. trying to sell you stuff. Yeah, John Corbett is talking to you over the. Over the PA, I don't want that. <laughs> I like that Kelly Clarkson song, by the way. I, I I think I might have to disagree with you on this one. You, you like which Kelly Clarkson? You don't like that one song about uh, all I want is you under the, underneath the tree. You don't like that song. You know, I'm telling you, sex and Christmas have no business being in the same room. Well, I I now wait a minute, but aren't you one of those people that likes likes uh, Christmas porn? See, I have a strong feeling on Christmas porn. I'm 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 very much against it. What would you describe as Christmas? You mean any any porn that has a Christmas element? I think if you have intercourse with a lady in a Santa hat, that's definitely in like but pictures of that. I don't, don't I don't care for you it. You don't like pictures of people having sex with the where the woman is in a Santa hat? 
That's that covers so much of what's out there in the world that I wouldn't want to just reject it out of hand. I just yeah, can't yeah, take, right. I can't take the backlash, right? Because I know it's it's very it's very hat normative. What about Asian girl in a Santa hat? Okay, well you mm-hmm. Santa hat. But I'm Asian. not gonna not gonna touch it. Not, not gonna go. <laughs> and the problem is, you want to have Christmas an hour later. You have this guy over here. We got no soup. <laughs> <laughs> so he says to her, says, <laughs> "Not me, not me." <laughs> um, that is, um, that is really now. Now I could see this happening to you. I, 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 I don't want to sound derisive. I could see this happening to you when you get to be about another ten years older. I think that would oh, be. Great. I'm going to be five foot eight here in a little no, bit. No, 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 no. What I'm trying to say is, I think, I think they, you have legitimately lost an inch. I think it's just, it's, there's got to be something wrong. That does not, that does not. I don't know. That's a lot. That's a lot of inch. That's, yes, that's a lot I'm to in lose. the prime of my life. Well, I'm out. You know what I was doing the other day? I was that. out shopping for four by fours. Look at you. Now, a guy doesn't go buy a, a new four by four just to compensate for the fact <laughs> that he's an inch short. You sound like someone in an erectile dysfunction <laughs> commercial. <laughs> when I'm not racing cars or sipping wine. <laughs> um... I, um, and so, huh, but the, 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 the staff, uh, when they got done laughing unprofessionally, they were not worried that this was, that you were getting soft bones or something. They gave every impression of not believing <gasps> that I had ever been 6'3". Oh, that is galling. They were just like, oh, well, hmm. So now you also have sound like an old, lie. You now also sound like an old man who lies about his past. Yeah, it's like it's like <laughs> oh, okay. Well, let's see. It's uh, it's not likely that you lost an inch in height. <laughs> so the only explanation is that you are either lying about your height as a grown man, or <laughs> that you have never known your height. Right. And at some point in your teen years developed a fantasy of what your actual height was and no matter what people told you the this whole time you just ignored it and now all of a sudden for whatever reason your ears are open hmm. and you're being told the truth i don't like the neither of those things none of these things are possible the only possibility is that the floor of the hospital is wrong that the floor of the hospital is skewed relative to the walls. <laughs> and I think, I think probably right. it's either the floor has risen because there is some kind of water, the water table is rising hmm. under the hospital, or the walls of the hospital have sunk and the floor has remained the same. Is it an old facility? It is. Okay. Well, it's, it's, it's probably breathing. You know, it's probably, yeah. it, it, it expands and contracts. An inch give or take. That's right. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's table this. Okay. So... <sighs> Asian gal. Santa. Um, yeah. Yep, yep, yep. I mean, yep, you know, yep. we we go to great lengths to not talk about porn on this on this uh website. <laughs> I I don't know about great lengths, but <laughs> because, it sure has come up a lot for somebody who's trying that hard. Because nobody likes to talk about it. No. But uh but it's, you know, it's out there. It fills the it fills the the tubes that make up the internet. Yeah. It's clogging the tubes. There's a lot of uh, different things out there. Yeah. That's for sure. Well, um, and I, I don't want to get into your, your health otherwise, but are, are, you feeling, uh, are you feeling okay? Were they able to help you with your, uh, with your condition that you had? 
No, I have a, I have a, uh, I have a, a lingering, uh, a lingering unrightness. Good. Okay. Thank you for putting that. I don't want to edit the show anymore. By the way, I can't do. I, I can't do it again. Did, did you? Did you get? Did you get angry emails about uh, no. about garbling just, my daughter's name? It it just took me a really long time. Oh, it did. Yeah. You know, so, one of the great things about Roderick on the line is that it's that it requires very little work. Oh, well, of course not. If you script it well enough, you don't have to do as much editing. Exactly. With the rehearsals. <laughs> We're already on page four of this 10-page script. <clears throat> so you still have... Uh, <sighs> let me go back a second here. So let's start at uh, well, here's the, the, line, this line is the, 48. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> line! <laughs> this is the thing about about medicine I, I, you and i've been over this round and round but did you read the other day that the uh, that the doctor who popularized the diagnosis of adhd is now coming out saying that adhd is being overdiagnosed by a factor of 10 in the american people yep and he doesn't believe that it, he doesn't believe that any of those people have it fueled by the pharmaceutical industry mm-hmm. that's right pushed yeah. by the drug companies it's been a crazy couple of weeks in turns out medical literature there was the adhd thing that was in was it atlantic or new york times somewhere yeah. the, there was the 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 letter to the letter basically from the esteemed physicians about how vitamin supplements do nothing but harm you oh mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah yeah I, I saw it turns out i saw one this week about a guy who was taking some kind of green tea extract to lose weight and he almost lost his liver I mean, Whoa! Yeah, this is the problem. This is why everybody thinks I'm a nut because I'm not crazy about generic drugs. Yes. And 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 so if I had to try and in my own ham-fisted, um, non-expert way, say what my problem with all of these things are, is just because it has the point zero 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 one percent of this active ingredient in it. I mean, you could have catch it in there. Besides that, who knows what else is in that stuff? Right. I mean, you know, you, th- you think the idea of somebody making a generic drug, you think they're going to get the like most high quality filler they can find for that. Anyway, there was, so you got ADHD. <laughs> it's all salt, Peter. <laughs> that, that explains a lot. It's 98% salt, Peter, and 2% active ingredient. That explains my lost inch. <laughs> and, and does that really, does salt, Peter, really do that? that? I hear there's a lot of mythology around salt, Peter. Salt, uh, Peter, salt, Peter. You know, Having having never been never been to Catholic school, I have no idea about the efficacy of uh, saltpeter as an erection reducer. What about prisons in the army? <clears throat> I was uh, I've never been in the army. I've never <laughs> been in prison in the army, and I have never been to prison. Let's just say not prison, prison. is not jail. I think a lot of prison people don't know that. Jail. That's yeah. right. Okay, um, and, and then there's the other one. There's the, so you got ADHD, you got vitamins, and what was the other one? Oh, about uh, antibacterial, too much antibacterial stuff. These are all ADHD, I don't know, I got some opinion about that, but the other two I have pretty strong feelings about. Well, I think there's so, too much antibacterial stuff out there. Oh my God, by, by the, I mean, there should be no antibacterial stuff, except in conditions where bacteria is the actual problem. Yeah, like if you have a wound. Yeah, right, a wound. <laughs> if, you are in, if you are in a field hospital in the Somme, in 1918, an antibacterial would really be an advantage. That's true. But if you are a, if you are a, a housewife and you are cleaning your kitchen, you do not need any antibacterial anything. Or you're or you're between bars on the jungle gym. I mean, mm, these little kids—they're just bars would be an empty space. Mm. You are an empty space between Zeno's antibacterial paradox. Listen, I went to the emergency room in Wairika, California. And I said, I have a, uh, I have a problem, and I want, some, I want you, you to help me. 
And they gave me the the doctor was a smug Northern California ER doctor. He was a smirking doctor who probably went to medical school in Grenada. <laughs> this is up in Reagan country, right? This is this the is, actual. Oh my God. This is the actual real, actual Northern California, not some some hobo middling Northern. This is the actual, like almost up up where you live. No, this is yeah. This is where this is the part of California where when you go to get gas, everything is Duck Dynasty branded. Like it's you know Duck Dynasty brand motor oil, uh, Duck Dynasty brand coffee sweetener, Duck Dynasty is everywhere up there. People love it. We went to a Black Bear Diner for dinner, and a family of like ten people, which were there were three dads, three moms. All the kids had strap-on beards. Ten kids, and they were all of them. I swear to you, and they're all like young. There wasn't a person at the table that was older than I was. They were all in their. 30s, you know, late 20s, early 30s. Every single person, moms and dads and kids, all in camo. Hmm. Like, and not matching camo either. Maybe they're self-conscious. Maybe they just don't want to be seen. Well, but it was snowing Mm -hmm. at the time, and so they're, they're like Vietnam era jungle camo. Oh, I hate when people wear the wrong camo. There were, and there were mixed, mismatched camos. There were some of those camos which were photo print camos. As opposed to like garment prints, like oh, you mean like you would use to cover up like a a, a gun, the well, kind that you would have on like netting, that kind. The the, the, the camo technology has really evolved. And it's a all lot digital these, now. It's all it's all computers now, it's, right? Yeah, it's, it's digital. It's digital cam, camo, which I can kind of like the 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 square camos. I can kind of get into. It makes you look like a Nintendo. Right, but these camos that are actual prints of pictures of leaves, mm. and then are like somehow spray affixed onto clothes, I feel like, oh, no. But in any case, so I go into the emergency room, and the doctor gives me, he's like, oh, well, it's clearly this, although it could be that. Here's a prescription. And I said, well, if it's clearly this, although it could be that, what is this prescription for? Is it for this or that? Or is it for the space between the bars? Mm. Like, what kind of prescription is this? Is this just like, is this just antibiotic? Like, I bet he gave you an antibiotic. He gave me an antibiotic. Oh, fuck and, that! And it was, it was, it, it felt to me like he had put plaster of Paris into a fire extinguisher, and was just like, <laughs> "Here's what we'll do." Exactly. You might as well tell you to do a novena. It's and like, so, what, what, what is this for? Yeah. Thank you. What is it for? It is a antibiotic for a thing that he does not know what it is, and so. Because this issue was causing me, you know, some psychic discomfort, let's say, mm-hmm. I, against my, against every... It's your, second, it's your second cock, isn't it? <laughs> my second cock is, is, is shriveling up. You lost I cannot, I, and, that, and it is accounting for a loss in height. But the, the funny part is, like, when that happens, that. it not only hurts the credibility of your medical relationship, but it, but it, it doesn't make you feel any better. To go like, well, I'm not sure what it is, but just in case it's something that I don't understand, you better better take some penicillin. Right. So I so I, I take this I take this drug for a week. My problem does not improve. So I go to another doctor back here in Seattle, and I bring the empty pill bottle and I say, I went to a doctor, he gave me these pills. It did not do anything. I'd really rather talk about how it is I could have lost an inch in height. While I'm here, can you tell me what this is that he gave me, why it didn't work, and what 
is actually the problem. And the nurse practitioner was like, oh, I see why he gave you that. He probably thought it was this. But I think it's probably this, and I'm going to give you this pill. At which point, everything I think about the medical profession and the world is confirmed. Because right now, uh, the car that I drive is producing a kind of high-pitched whine in the transmission. And I know, although I could not do the work myself, I, I know pretty much every part that goes into a car. And I have a kind of idea about what is making this sound. And if I took it into a guy, he would listen to it, and he would probably have a kind of idea about what it is. Maybe it's this, maybe it's that. Put put a little STP oil treatment in your gas or whatever. I mean, he, he's not going to break open the transmission. He's only gonna, There's only a couple of things he's going to do to treat the problem. And this is a car made by made by humans, and we there are books that have every part laid out. Now, a human being with all of their many many parts that they that we do not understand. I'm just talking about the the pumps and valves. These doctors are just throwing pills at it, like it's some kind of like it's a dart game. None of it's working. It's just making me matter. And then I remember. A year and a half ago, the doctor who was throwing mind pills at me, he was throwing little blue pills that were going to improve my mood by blocking my betas, (laughs) by by blocking the serotonin reuptake inhibitors. Mm -hmm. No, he wasn't. Blocking them, I think it's double they, negative. Yeah, they were, they were. He was, he was blocking the reuptake of serotonin. And I'm just, oh, I'm so infuriated. None of these people know anything. They did. You know what? I went to school just as long as they did. Now maybe I wasn't studying <laughs> the whole time. Maybe I wasn't like you know I wasn't taking labs. But <laughs> but the reality is, I would happily prescribe stuff to people. I uh, I don't think it was until my 30s that I ever finished a course of the prescribed antibiotics. You were one of those guys. Huh? I'm one of those Halfway guys. Through and then dump dump the rest of them in a river. Well, and they would say, <laughs> "Yeah, I put it right into the toilet so you can get into the aquifer." But yeah, well, they, but they would say back then. Now remember, you got to take all of these. And I, right. I, I always thought that was like, okay, well, yeah, whatever. But if I'm feeling better, if I don't have the earache anymore, and so I mean, it's like it's like a friend of mine. A friend of mine has. Uh, I, oh God, I shouldn't even mention the word. I, I would like. What's like with the vaccine stuff? Like, I have a friend whose kid. It doesn't have like phony baloney vaccine things. Like he actually has allergies that will make him very, very sick with certain kinds that could kill him basically if he takes certain vaccines. So it's really important that other people have vaccines because they'd love to give this kid vaccines, but they can't. And now I feel like today it's like that with antibiotics where I'm like, people, let's all work together to make our immune system stronger. Let's, let's not do things to take our little bugs to the gym. Let's, let's, let's all. Really take this a little bit more seriously. See, and this seems like a this seems like the type of thing that an all female Congress would address. Which part? The whole thing. The the whole concept of working together as you a group this isn't of some kind of people. hot porno thing. Are you actually talking about the body politic? Hmm, that would be a great great <laughs> name Santa for hats. the film. The body politic. <laughs>
No, I, you know, I feel like, did you ever see the movie uh, where uh, Demi Moore was a uh, Navy SEAL? You love that movie. G.I. <laughs> Jane. G.I. Jane. And do you remember who played the senator? The southern senator? I don't. You don't? I don't remember. I don't know if I ever saw it. Uh, a gal who was married to uh, a guy you might have heard of named Mel Brooks. Oh, uh, Mrs. Robinson. Um, and Bancroft. Bancroft. She's terrific. She's she's terrific. And you know, uh, one of the t- when I met Mel Brooks, hmm? I said you met Mel Brooks. I said at one point you met an egot. I did. I did. I did. I did meet Mel Brooks. And I said, and I and I kind of you know we had been t- we t- we talked for a while. And then he was you and, talking Mel. To, you and Mel. We talked for a while. Mel, Mel and I talked. We we talked on several occasions over the course of a couple of days. And at one point, he was standing there. He was talking to Richard Lewis. <laughs> and I was I was kind of. When did you hovering. turn into Dick Cavett? <laughs> I was kind of hovering. Dick Cavett was there. Oh yeah, I had a couple of Groucho jokes and <laughs> I was uh, I was standing there and I was like, I really want to say something to Mel Brooks about Anne Bancroft because I'm a huge Anne Bancroft fan and I know he was too mm-hmm. because he was married to her for all those years. I always got the feeling that their relationship was a pretty good thing. I thought it was too. I really admired it, and I wanted to say that, but I didn't know she has. She's only been dead not that long. Mm-hmm. It's kind of it's want, a little creepy. I didn't want to be creepy, but at one point, you know, I'm kind of standing there, and he's talking, and we're just standing around, and I was like, you know, I just want to say I really admired your wife, and she seemed like a nice lady, and he like turned. He directed his attention toward me, and he like accepted the remark and you know and said thank you but i felt like i had mm. crossed the line crossed the line and i was like mm, i should have just kept that to myself it's hard to know because on the other hand like i could very much see that going either way i could definitely see no matter what i could definitely see him giving you as you say throwing the shape <laughs> like basically saying like okay well n- thank you now we're done with this part of the conversation no matter yeah. what his reaction was but i could also see that being something that it's always nice to hear you know and even when you get famous there's stuff that's still always nice to hear yeah and you know who kn- who knows whether he he took that away and was like oh that was nice but you know he, he didn't he didn't want to sit and talk to me about her which I understand. Yeah. Yeah. And so you think she should have been in the uh, Congress? Well, oh, so the, the so that the role she plays in G.I. Bo- body politic. Mm-hmm. Is, uh, you know, she's like a crusty, uh, real politic, southern accented, uh, you know, clearly like a Democrat who's playing, who's playing both sides. And Demi Moore is, is, is trapped in the middle. She's between the, monkey bars mm. and um and uh i feel like yeah right that i mean that is a character that i would like to see duplicated and made real the bella abzugs of the world but oh like i understand which is the congress you would like to see the congress filled with Anne bancroft you would like to see a lot or at oh. least a, a hand hmm, a handful <laughs> of of people like that character uh, well yeah or the actual Anne Bancroft. Oh, that would be nice. Wouldn't she have made a great politician? You know, another another good late wife, Joanne Woodward. She's a nice wife. If I, if I had met, if I had had the chance to, to, to meet Paul Newman, I would have been very tempted to say something similar to what you said to Mel Brooks. Right, exactly. You, 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 have, you, you, you appear to have had the kind of relationship that is very inspiring to me. 
Yeah, there are not very many people who can say, I was married to an amazing person for 60 plus years or whatever. Yeah. But, uh, and, and when you see those events, when you see those, those instances where it's like, yeah, right, you know, you probably had your hard times, but wow, what a, what a pair, what a coupling. That whole idea that we are, that we are halves of a whole, that we are incomplete without our other, was an idea that was not made clear to me firsthand. But when I see it, manifest in the world like it's it's appealing it's appealing at a distance oh excuse me it absolutely is and the other thing is that i I think that can be made more universal and less creepy by saying there are a lot of people who may not realize in retrospect that there was another half to their whole until they meet that person it isn't Mm -hmm. like everybody should sit around and feel bad that they haven't found their joanne woodward yet There, there but there are people out there who clearly get a gestalt out of a relationship that other people don't get but I, I feel like that the idea that that you just haven't met your other half eh. is a terrible idea. It's horrible. It's it's one of those uh, God of all the crackpot romantic mythologies. That that that's one that's really corrosive. That is. It, it makes me so mad when I when I met the lady that that uh, wrote the book Eat Pray Love. <laughs> yeah, I, I was re- I was really mad I like at her. Te- I like your TED talk. <laughs> I was really mad at her already because she wrote that book. Yeah. And then when I talked to her a little bit, your buddies, realized, your buddies uh, old, old time pals with her, right? They yeah, go way back. They're pals. When I realized that she was also a pretty smart lady, mm-hmm. it made me madder. Yeah, I know. And then I like tried to rake her over the coals mm-hmm. about her dumb book. <laughs> She's probably never gotten that. That sold millions of copies. <clears throat> and she, she did not, uh, she did not flinch at me raking her over the coals. In fact, she just, you know, she just uh, Heismaned me. She, hmm. she, she blew me off, and it made me. You got mad. Heisman? Yeah, and now I'm super mad about it. Yeah. Eat, pray, love. How, how did you? It's like of, you know what it is. It's yeah. the, it's the antibiotic soap of books. <laughs> Um, I'd like to get back to the uh, body politic. I want to tell you about a comic called Why the Last Man that you should read. But I also want to know how you thought that would turn out well. Which part? Uh, confronting, um, I'm forgetting her name now. Yeah, what's her name? What's her butt? Yeah, um, she's a great yeah. TED Talk. Great TED Talk. Yeah, um, super good TED Talker and, uh, and, and, you know, very smart lady. She's written several books. It's not you, just... You thought the, she was going to, like, demure? That she was not going to... Uh, she would go, you know what? You're right. No, was, you know, I just, wanted to, I just wanted to have my day in court. Elizabeth Gilbert. <laughs> Elizabeth Gilbert. She seems very talented. I just wanted to have my day in court. I, yeah. just, wanted to, I just wanted to say, for the record, your, your book has, has, may, has, increased the, the, uh, has increased the amount of free-ranging biomatter in women's minds. Specifically, uh-huh. the ones that are around me all the time. So glad when this sentence is over. <laughs> <laughs> Lives may hang in the balance. <clears throat> but no, she uh, she didn't. She was just like she didn't even. <laughs> she didn't even stop eating the shrimp from the from the ice tray. 
After which she prayed the shrimp and loved the shrimp. <laughs> I didn't even get to the second page of my thesis. You never got to praying. <laughs> she was already she was already moving on to other better conversations at this party. Oh look, it's Jonathan Franson. <laughs> Um, yeah, so Why the Last Man, I'll just mention in passing, is a, is a comic you should read. It's, uh, it's pretty good. It's about this, uh, the last man on earth. Why is his name? And, uh, he's the last man on earth. And it's, uh, he wakes up one day and there's nobody at women. It's a very good comic. Why? Uh, The Last Man. Why? Third base. It's, uh, it's very good. Written by Brian K. Vaughn, who does Saga, which is another comic you don't read. Uh, well, I will, I will happily read it. Oh, you know what? I'll send it to you. I'll send okay. you the first trade. Okay. Um, I, you know, I replaced my coffee maker the other day. Hmm. With, with a new one? Yeah. Not because my coffee maker was broken, but because I... <laughs> it got ornery and spiteful. <laughs> because I found... Because I saw a coffee maker that had more features. And my old coffee maker had no features. It was featureless. It was just, all it did was make coffee and poorly. Everybody that came to my house was like, that's your coffee maker? Uh, Jonathan it, it really, it had the feeling of being something you picked up at a Walgreens on the way home. Yeah, Jonathan Colton's, uh, it was either Jonathan or his wife who said, you, you have a blade grinder and not a burr grinder? Oh, it, burns, you, it burns the beans, John. It burns how do them. you even live? How do you live? It's just, it's, it's a coffee maker that you wouldn't use at an AA meeting. My old <laughs> it's it's got a it was it white is it white it was, no it was black but it had a green room vibe yeah it was too shitty even for an aa meeting <laughs> and i and then i saw this coffee maker i was at some place and this thing had like it was 15 cup capacity and it had a timer and you could and you could wake yourself up in the morning with with freshly brewed coffee and i was like wow it was one of these aspirational moments where I thought, that's going to change my life. This is a bit of convenience that I could actually use. Yeah, I'm going to get one of those lights that comes on on a timer in the morning, mm-hmm. and it's a full UV spectrum light, and it's going, to, it's going to wake me up in the morning with the light of the rising LED, mm. and then my coffee maker is going to go on, and it's going to fill the house with the smell of freshly brewed coffee. And I am going to get up in the morning and I'm going to do 200 push-ups and then I'm going to write. <laughs> wow. And I'm, and I'm going to write from 8 o'clock in the morning until 11. And then I'm going to go to the gym and then I'm going to go to the climbing wall. So this and, would, but this would set off, this would be the first domino. That's right. Setting off a series of events. And it isn't, it isn't simply to say that you would never have done all those push-ups before, right. but this is, this could be the thing that really gets the dominoes moving. This is it. And, and, and pretty soon I'm going to be standing in a park with an easel, wearing a Panama hat and doing watercolors because I have so much time. Mm-hmm. To pursue all my dreams, restore to your full height of six foot. Three. <laughs> I'm going to be, I'm going to be six foot four because I'll be standing up so tall with pride because I got going. Mm. And so I bought this coffee maker and I set it up. Well, first of all, what I did was I left it in the box for like four months and used my old coffee maker. But I set it up, and now I have I, I have only used the timer setting once. It was too complicated to scroll through all the menus to figure out how to do it regularly. And this coffee maker, every one of its features comes with an, a corresponding bug. 
So it has a gold filter instead of a paper filter. I'll throw that out. That's garbage. But what that means is that every one of my coffee cups has like grounds in the bottom, like I'm in Turkey. Oh, and, and they're they're awful to clean. Like who wants to be well, sitting there spraying out a gold filter? It's that's gross. the thing. I use twice as much water as I used to use because I have to clean this gold filter. And if the if the water bucket isn't seated in the grommet properly, then it won't turn on. <laughs> And the and it beeps twenty times. And who has it, time to write after all of that? He scaled. Yeah. And you know what I wake up in the morning and the prospect of making coffee with this thing it makes me roll over and go back to sleep. It's just created anxiety, John. I'm not painting watercolors. I'm not oh. wearing a Panama hat. Down to five eleven. <laughs> it's infuriating, you know. I because I bought this thing thinking like. I also have one of those lights that comes on in the morning that is supposed to wake me up with. Full spectrum live. I've never. Do you have a color television with a remote? <laughs> uh, Merlin, I don't I have heard, a television. I hear they went and built a skyscraper seven stories high. <laughs> Everything's up to date in Kansas City. Um, yeah, I, I don't own a television. Is that something I need to own a TV to know I don't about? Own a, I don't own a television. There's only one. There's only one name you ever need to give at a takeout place, and that is Bob. And there's only one coffee maker you ever need to own, which is the one that we own which is this one Cuisinart. You pay a little bit more. You get one of these a year, every year or two. And it's all, it's all the coffee, coffee maker you need. Wait a minute. You buy a new coffee maker every year? Well, we used to really go through them. No, less so now. The pro- How I do you sh- go through a coffee maker? Let me restate. Let me, I, I put that poorly. What we used to do was say, fuck it. We'll just get whatever at right. whatever. You go yeah, to Luria's sure. or you something. You get whatever at whatever. Yeah, you get whatever at whatever. And finally, we popped for, I think, I don't know, it's like 40, 60 bucks, something like that. This one Cuisinart DCC dash something, something. It's the one everybody owns. It's kind of slightly retro looking. It's got like a metal front thing. And it's really, it's, uh, to me, it's like all of the features you need in a coffee maker in one place. Now, why am I telling you this? Because I think it's very difficult, especially with, gosh, especially with things like TVs, could be with computers, with whatever it is. Like, it's so hard to find the right balance of that seeming convenience that will enable you to write and do watercolors. I wish somebody the would complexity. Keep a, like, keep a blog where they would review new gear and tech stuff and tell you which one is the best. <laughs> There's only one site you need to go to for that. There actually what, is. Is it Gizmodo? Nope, Wirecutter. They have oh, one Wirecutter. You told me about them. It's exactly one paragraph based on research. This is the one you should buy. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> That's exactly what I want. I just added a $1,500 TV to my uh, Amazon wish list because yeah. my friend John Syracuse spent months and months researching it. And so I just added that one. Huh. Well, so we just did an ad for Wirecutter on our podcast. Why yeah. don't they sponsor us? Let me tell you a little bit. I'll sponsor this weekend. I want to thank Wirecutter. <laughs> <laughs> Elizabeth Gilbert. We should retroactively go to them and say, listen, you're already sponsoring our podcast. <laughs> Give us both $1,500 TVs and we'll call it a wash. <laughs> I, I think we'd call it a wash. I think they just wouldn't call it anything. Well, I'm not, I don't watch TV, so. Yeah, me neither. It would just end up in the corner with my. How are you going to watch Doctor Who? Coffee maker. Oh. Anyway, the. I've um, never seen a Doctor Who. Good. Can you good. That? Is that, are you saying good? Are you saying good or are you saying good? I'm being um, dismissive in that way. You you hate it when I do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, between the monkey bars, why the last man? Uh, uh, too so, shitty for an AA meeting. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Well, have you ever been? Have you ever been to an AA meeting? No, I keep meaning to. They they, <laughs> yeah, they they're, um, they're amazing. Well, uh, I've always been curious because it seems like people in t- on TV anyway. People smoke and they drink a lot of coffee. The AA thing about meetings. AA meetings is that real? On TV, well, no, you can't smoke in them anymore. Most of them. Boo. 
Uh, I know. But there is a lot of coffee uh, happening. And the problem with AA meetings, as they are um, portrayed in film and uh, on TV, is that dramatically, the, uh, the script writers, the screenwriters, who all, I'm sure belong in AA meetings, but probably none of them have ever been to one. Or, or NA. Yeah, they all want there to be what, what, in, uh, what in AA is called crosstalk, which is that the person is talking, telling their story, and then someone else in the room confronts them about it, or the, the quote-unquote leader of the meeting gets up and makes some comment about what they just shared. You know, like, they... They they always introduce into the script some back and forth between a person who is, like, in authority in the AA meeting and the protagonist. But the reality is that that, that never happens in an AA meeting. There is no leader. And so there is never... No one ever comments on... No one ever replies to you. There's not, like, a Robert's Rules of AA... Well, there are rules, but like you get up and you talk and then you sit down and then the next person gets up and talks. There isn't, no one ever says like, you know, part of your problem is blah, blah, blah. Like it's not, it isn't ever done that way. Is it's that, just, you tell the, your, is that part of the ethos? You don't. Yeah, it's absolutely part of the ethos. It's called, it's called crosstalk and they, they frown on it. They also don't think that you should date people that you meet in AA meetings, but that's really hard. It sounds to, like a lot of scriptwriters get a lot wrong about AA. They do, uh, they do, and I don't know. I, for a long time, I thought maybe they were intentionally obscuring it because they because everyone in Hollywood was in AA and they didn't want the secret to get out. But then I realized that it was just that for dramatic purposes, they need there to be some authority figure. And I think what's happening is they're 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 putting a lot of those they're setting a lot of those scenes now in rehabs, and rehabs are a lot cultier feeling. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I've never seen the the actually Fight Club did a pretty good job of representing <laughs> what what some of those meetings are really like. Although I've never been to like cancer survivor meeting. Meatloaf was funny. He was funny. But in any case, a lot of those meetings are held in churches. And if you go into the church basements and you start going through the cupboards, you will find sometimes eight to fifteen coffee makers. That have just that are just like dead soldiers. No one can, you know, like it's not that they stop working. It's that a new one is cheap enough to get into that somebody brings the new one. And then you feel like you gotta plug the new one in and start using it. And so the old one's not broken. But you don't you're not using it anymore, and so it goes up in the cupboard. And a lot of these kitchens in church basements, they're not used for anything but AA meetings. Mm-hmm. So they got all these cupboards. And so the coffee makers just go up in the cupboards, and pretty soon you'll open these cupboards and it's just like it's a fucking museum of coffee makers. Is that what you done? Have you gotten them from uh, AA meetings in the past? You just pick one up? No, you don't take from me. You know, you're, you're not supposed to steal a coffee maker, no matter third, how. It's the third rule of Fight Club: never, never steal the coffee. Never maker. steal a coffee maker. But you know, you open it up, and it's like, is that an original Mister Coffee? Right. Like, probably some of them, if they weren't also coffee stained, probably they would be uh, like worth a little bit of money. I think that's. Hmm? I don't know about that, but I, I think that's one reason. Like for, <laughs> for me, it's just like this is not fun to clean anymore. This is just gross. Yeah. All the parts on this are plastic, and it's disgusting. And uh, hmm. Think about this. Yeah. 
Think about a pneumatic cannon mm-hmm. that shoots coffee makers. It's like a t-shirt gun, but for coffee makers? Yes. So we build a t-shirt cannon, but coffee maker size. I'm listening. And then people from all over come with their old coffee makers, and we, sh- we like shoot them. Like we, shoot, we, we, we put a couple of old Volkswagens downrange, and we just shoot coffee makers at them all afternoon. <laughs> who, wouldn't, who wouldn't pay $15 to shoot a coffee maker at a Volkswagen? <laughs> this is a money-making scheme if we've ever had one. It would be really fun. The glass would shatter. Yeah, the whole thing. I mean, think about the, think about the, the satisfying impact of a, the entire coffee maker. <laughs> And half the time, like the the carafe would come separated from the from the the uh, launch system, uh-huh. the heating system, somewhere in midair, and you would end up with a kind of shrapnel effect, a, a, a grape shot effect. I think it's a no brainer. People would absolutely do that. They would people would people would come to that, and you could uh, the price of admission could be uh, bring an old coffee maker. Bring an old. Well, wait a minute. No, we want to make a little money too. Yeah. Oh. You got it because we have to pay for the pneumatic. Uh, well, can you just, can you fire your old coffee maker and and maybe you buy a new one? Maybe that's part of the process. Uh, maybe maybe if you're because there's so many crappy. Think about like think about like you come in, you're gonna buy a TiVo, but you get to fire your old VHS at a VW. Okay, but wait a minute. What about well, see? Well, I'm hoping that people will come with like eight coffee makers. Mm-hmm. We're solving we're solving a problem for people. We're solving at least three problems by my reckoning, yeah. All around America there've got to be used coffee makers sitting in people's bottom cupboards L- littering the church basements of America. That's right. And so the thing is, yes, I think we should sell new coffee. Ma- you should you should sell your Cuisinart coffee maker at the at, at the like there should be a gift shop. <laughs> And it just sells coffee makers, new coffee makers. But the the thing is that that if somebody brings eight coffee makers, they're not going to want to buy eight new coffee makers. They're bringing eight coffee makers to shoot. They're going to want to buy one. Mm-hmm. I feel like I feel like there's got to be a per shot charge. Even if you bring your own coffee maker, you got to pay. Well, do you have services where you can come out and like you can you get a uh, get an automatic weapon and get to shoot it at something? Isn't that something yeah. you can do? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they don't come out to you. You, no. you go out to them. It's not like a mobile lab. You got to yeah, go. They don't somewhere. come to your house with an automatic weapon and say. Yeah, but I mean, like if it's Friday afternoon, you you've uh, you know you're mad at your boss. You could just go out and uh, shoot a fucking coffee maker at something. I feel like I feel like the area around San Francisco is perfect for this. Like out out in the. Out in East Bay somewhere. There's a firing the range right down the street from here. Really? You can hear it. Well, yeah, we, you know, you can hear it on weekends. Um, you can hear them shooting down by Lake Merced. Yeah. Is it a police thing? Nope. Just a regular old bring a gun and shoot stuff range. You, you know, there's a police shooting range over here by my house. Really? Yeah. And sometimes you can hear them shooting machine guns. Wow. It's pretty great. <sighs> huh. But you know what? They do a lot of shooting in the summer, not so much shooting in the winter. And it makes me think. Are they underprepared for gunfights in inclement weather? <laughs> right? Like if I can't they're not if you're turning into Ron Popeil or Malcolm Gladwell. <laughs> if they're not practicing all year round, uh-huh. then they are an ineffective force. Interesting. This right? this could this could alter the course of history. <laughs> <laughs> this is what happened to Napoleon. <laughs> this is what happened to Hitler too. Uh-huh. They weren't ready. He they was not ready, ready for cold cold uh, cold weather combat. That's right. He didn't know That's, what he was getting into. If he had some coffee makers, if he'd been out there year round, mm-hmm. 
shooting copy makers in the dead of winter. He would have, they would, both of them would have made it to Moscow. Hitler wouldn't have had to go to Moscow because Napoleon would have already gotten there. Ugh. They'd have been speaking French in Moscow more than they already were. Can you imagine that? Talk about <sighs> undignified. What would have happened if Napoleon had made it all, had conquered Moscow? That is something It's kind of a Doctor Who type thing. I don't think they would have survived. I think even if he had conquered Moscow, I don't think they would have survived the winter. I, I, you know, it's like like they say like the what's that line about how like revolutionaries don't make great politicians or whatever. It's probably more clever than that. But I mean, that's a hell of a large landmass to run. Yes, you know, and even if you, I mean. It's just, it seems like you would have to be as crooked as they are there in order to run that well. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Back then. Sure. I mean, you would need the fear. You would need the, I, I don't know. I mean, that's, isn't that, hmm, I don't nah. think, I don't think the majority of Russia has ever really been governed. We're talking USSR though. Yeah. Right. We're talking though at 10 time zones, like the negative land song says, right? Aren't there, are there really that many? There are a lot of time zones. Are there ten time zones in Russia? I was not a giant Negative Land fan. I I, uh, I think that's you right. know my friend Sean Wolf who did the cover art for mm-hmm. Pretend, Pretend to Fall, Fall. also Negative Land cover art. <gasps> really? He was a he was he was the Negative Land graphic artist for his book is long cool. Time. Sean Wolf's. We should get him. We should, you know what? All of these people should have to pay us, including Hitler. Cuisinart, you know what? We should get Sean Wolf to to sponsor this podcast with free remover installers. <laughs> That's the name of the device, right? That's his little his device. canonical uh, device. Yeah, the remover installer. <clears throat> I think uh, your and my shared understanding of how people actually make money from things has become so backward at this point that it just might work. How do you make money from things? How does anybody make money? There, I see question. people all the time who have so much money. Yes. How did they make it? I th- VCs? You should, get a, you should get a VC. Yeah, that's right. In the shit. Oh, venture capitalists. I don't know. How do we get one of those? How do we get a venture capitalist? Why don't we... Uh, is there like a trap that you said? No, How I think you, you, can get the, you get under the pound. or uh... We should make a proposal. You and I are smart. We should make yeah. a proposal that gets a venture cap... That, that attracts the interest. Yes. Of, of like a serial entrepreneur. Right. Mm-hmm. Like that guy that I met at that party in New York City where Arianna Huffington was. <laughs> who gave me all his books about... Is that uh, where you saw the slides of poor children on the wall? That's right. Where the guy came up and said, are you an entrepreneur? And I said, yeah, sort of. Can I borrow a book? <laughs> did you see our slideshow about poor children? I did. I did see it. You know, there won't be snow in Africa this Christmas time. <laughs> Thank God. Do you remember that back in 1984 when there wasn't snow in Africa? God, that (laughs) song sounds more condescending to me every year. There's something about 80s culture that was still so in between, so in between the monkey bars, where the the like rampant ignorance and like casual racism of the sixties and seventies was still like, it was still what, what the culture was soaking in, but there was all this new flippity jibbity that was only 10 years old that nobody could quite figure out. Like, how do we show that we are compassionate, but 
uh, we uh, because we have no experience with real compassion. Well, yeah, especially the, I think if I understand what you're what you're describing, and I probably don't. The mid to late '80s and, and into the early '90s, it was like the end of the pro period of assholishness and the 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 very uh, tenuous beginnings of this new kind of of uh, fancy nice guy softness that we actually hadn't learned to do well yet. Right, and so there was a kind of assholeish nice guyness to that well, time. Like, yeah, the the presumption that Christmas even applies to fully half of the continent of Africa. I've thought about this a lot, and <laughs> I, I think the reason they did that is because the donations were going to become from people who love Christmas and want people to be happy. So I kind of get that. Yeah, but yeah, but, but it, like, do they know it's Christmas? It's like it's the the whole. The, just the title of the song implies that Africa is a is is like a cave. Well, of course, they're hungry. They don't know it's Christmas. It's like Plato's cave. Do they know it's Christmas? Is it just shadows on the wall? Like that would have been a better lyric than half of the lyrics. And the answer is the answer is so depressing. In the end, we yeah. can feed everybody very, very, very easily. We just don't like paying the transportation costs on things. Well, that's true of half the things in my house. I was thinking about it the other day. Half the stuff in here, I'm just it's just that I'm paying for the container and the I mean seeds don't cost anything. What are seeds? Seeds seeds just fall from the sky, right? They're like baby plants. Yeah, sky seeds. Mm-hmm. Somebody I, I I had to pay somebody a couple of cents an hour to pick these seeds and put them in a bin. But then the rest of it is just transportation. I'm are you just talking about vegetables for- or what are you talking about? Well, you know, just the seeds of 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 of, of items. Yeah, like uh, it, uh, you don't eat seeds. You don't eat crunchy seeds. Oh, uh, I, I'm more of a nut man. I'll eat a seed. My wife likes seeds. What about seeds and nuts? Um, Do you ever eat mixed seeds and nuts? I kind of always feel like that's a little bit of a jam up. Like, what, oh, what's your what gore? You got your gorp. You got your trail mix. I always feel like like you're not going to get the same quality control. As if you've just gotten an ass ton of nuts. The one kind of thing, yeah. Yeah. Somebody was I yelling mean, at me the other day that cashews aren't nuts. What? Somebody was yelling at me. I posted a picture of some cashews, mm-hmm. as you do. Yeah. And uh, I was like, yep, just sitting here eating some nuts. Sure. And uh, somebody was like, uh, cashews aren't nuts. Cashews are not nuts. Is it a, a bean? Is it a legume? A leg- legume? No, what about peas? Peas aren't nuts, right? Uh, peas. I don't think peas. John, are do they know it's Christmas time at all? <laughs> Maybe a cashew is a fruit. <sighs> I have to look that up.